Hello, my name is Dilmer Eldred, and I want to welcome you to an interview with Dr. Benjamin Zeicher. He is a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, where he is the energy and environmental policy specialist. He also served as a senior staffed economist for the President's Council on Economic Advisors for the first two years of the Reagan administration. Responsibility for Energy and Environmental Policy. And Dr. Zeicher, I just want to thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you very much. And uh, Dr. Zeicher, the radical environmentalist have marketed zero emissions, demanding uh, that we transfer to wind, solar, and EVs through the fear that the future of the increase of CO2 is going to destroy humanity. Is the small amount of warming that has taken place a natural occurrence? Well, as best as we can tell from the scientific literature, um, temperatures have increased since the mid to late the 1800s by about uh, 1.1 degrees, of which roughly half is natural and roughly half has been caused uh, by the emissions of um, greenhouse gases by human activities. So uh, uh, human activity has had an impact on the uh, climate? Yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, If you look at the data and the scientific analysis, uh, the um, what is called anthropogenic, in other words, human-caused emissions of greenhouse gases, have had uh, discernible effects, but that are rather small. So, anyway, the ones that are supporting the idea that we're in a climate change crisis are victims of exaggerated and sloppy data that deals with theory rather than fact. Is that true? Well, I don't know if they're victims. Uh, I, I think it's better to just simply say that the evidence uh, on um, on a long range, a long list of climate phenomena uh, is not consistent with the crisis narrative. Uh, evidence on sea levels and uh, tropical cyclones and tornadoes and flooding and wildfires and droughts and ocean uh, alkalinity and all the rest. Uh, There's simply no evidence of a crisis, although there is evidence that human activities are having effects that, again, are small, but which can be measured. So, but are the proposed solutions that they have uh, really going to have much of an effect or impact on the climate? No, those the measures being proposed are the effects, um, at least as projected in the Environmental Protection Agency climate model, um, are surprisingly small. I'll just give you one example. Uh, the Biden administration net zero proposal, uh, if it were implemented immediately, and if you made a bunch of assumptions that exaggerate the effects of reduced emissions of greenhouse gases, the Biden policy would have would reduce global temperatures a century from now by about 17 one-hundredths of one degree, which would be just barely detectable. I see. And, you know, the, the thing is, is that when we decrease the availability of fossil fuels, we increase 
the amount of poverty, right? Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, fossil fuels are a form of national wealth, and more expensive energy is inconsistent with uh, with human flourishing. Uh, more expensive energy means uh, greater impoverishment for uh, ever greater numbers of people, not only in the U.S., but around the globe. So what we're looking at is really, like you say, it's not a crisis. I mean, there are changes happening in the climate, but it's not necessarily that it has a lot of uh, human impact on the changes. Is that right? Well, again, as best as we can tell, about half of the temperature increase since the end of the Little Ice Age in the mid to late 1800s has been natural and half has been anthropogenic. That is caused by man's emissions of greenhouse gases, increasing greenhouse gas concentrations in the atmosphere. Uh, The effects in terms of temperatures and other uh, climate phenomena are, so far anyway, very, very small. So we're not in any danger of the amount of CO2 that we have right now. Is that, I mean, or in the foreseeable future right now, because uh, we need the CO2, right? Yeah, CO2, increasing CO2 concentrations have beneficial impacts in terms of uh, agricultural productivity, um, green, planetary greening, uh, reduced mortality from cold, uh, and a number of other uh, factors. There's simply no danger um, at current concentrations, and uh, higher concentrations will have ever smaller effects uh, on the margin, in other words, incrementally. So we could be in danger of decreasing too much CO2 and causing uh, a greater problem. Is that, is that right? Well, the, the process of reducing emissions is extremely costly. Uh, that's why it has to be massively subsidized. Uh, and uh, that is the major problem uh, or danger, if you want to call it that, uh, tendent upon efforts to reduce uh, CO2 or greenhouse gas emissions. It's the effort to reduce the emissions that imposes very, very significant economic and and other kinds of costs. The lower um, uh, greenhouse gas concentrations, if that's achieved, would have some small effects, some of which are positive and some of which would be negative. Well, and and basically the last hundred years, uh, how much um, CO2 has increased? Do you you know on that? I mean, I I don't think um, our temperatures uh, have increased that much, but go ahead. Well, temperatures have increased uh, over the last century and a half by about, again, 1.1 degrees at the surface, as best as we can tell. Uh, Atmospheric concentrations of greenhouse gases over that period have increased from about 280 parts per million to about, I think it's now around 415 parts per million. So the increase in greenhouse gas concentrations uh, over the last 150 years has not been trivial, but the effects have been very small, and some of the effects are positive. Yeah, that's, and you know, the thing is, is that uh, if we get too carried away on these um, 
emission and mandates, basically, what's coming down from the government stuff. We could get into a dangerous situation with uh, too little of CO2, right? No, I don't think that's true. Um, um, but but the process of achieving lower emissions is, imposes very, very large economic costs. That's the problem. And... Um, uh, artificially reducing the use of fossil fuels is uh, quite perverse in a number of dimensions. Um, and impoverishment, as you put it, uh, is one useful shorthand way to summarize that. So, I, I mean, if we, let's just say if we reached zero emissions, which I don't think it, it's, I mean, that's dreamland. That, that, that's simply not possible. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you're, we're never going to be able to get off completely off fossil fuels and maintain any kind of, of uh, life for uh, anybody that has. Yeah, that's right. Fossil fuels are a tremendous source of, of wealth and enhanced living standards and all the rest. And without fossil fuels or with a sharp reduction in the use of fossil fuels, uh, mass impoverishment would be the central result. That is correct. All right. Well, it, I, you know, I know you're very busy, uh, Dr. Zucker, and this has, uh, you know, the information and stuff and your preference on the uh, issues that we have with climate change is, I know you've done a lot of work on it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like we have an issue with climate change, but we don't have a crisis. And I appreciate your time today. I, I really uh, it, glad that you took consideration to do this interview and so uh is there any anything else you'd like to add no thank you for the opportunity okay well we've been talking to dr benjamin zyker he is a senior fellow at the american enterprise institute and thank you again doctor i really appreciate your time yeah thank you bye-bye